Welcome into the UGA Football Live podcast. I'm your host, J.C. Shelton, in partnership with UGA Wire of the USA Today's College Wire Network. What's happening, everyone? Got a packed show today, including, of course, the JT Daniels drama and the Dogs win versus Mississippi State. I break that down and highlight some of the top college football games of the weekend, and then I get into this week's matchup with South Carolina. All that, plus Dogs in the NFL and picks with JC, will be coming up soon. But first, let me tell you about Georgia football news. Make sure and visit us at UGAWire.com. We post analysis, injury reports, stat breakdowns, highlights, and picture galleries. Really, everything you need to know about UGA football. So don't miss out on that. That's UGAWire.com. You can find us on Twitter at UGA Football Live. And me, I'm at J underscore Shelton underscore two underscores. Let me know what you think of this Georgia team and especially the quarterback situation after Saturday's big game for JT Daniels. So the Dogs get the win 31-24 to versus Mississippi State. Mike Leach and the Bulldogs behind a 400-yard touchdown game from JT Daniels, the USC transfer in his first start as a Bulldog. Jermaine Burton had a breakout game. Freshman receiver totaled eight receptions for 197 yards and two touchdowns. Defensively, the Dogs were led by sophomore linebacker N'Kobe Dean, who had 12 stops on the night. Junior Mark Webb also had nine stops, and then Aziz Ojolari recorded a sack, the game ceiling sack actually, there on Mississippi State's last drive, a sack on fourth down to ice the game for Georgia. I talked about it last week after we found out that JT was going to start, that you know he would ball out against MSU's defense. I didn't expect 400 yards, but you know I thought he would look good because of the arm talent and game experience he has. Really, there's nothing not to like about his performance. He did exactly what the defense gave him, I think, you know, which was deep throws because they were playing up to stop the run game. We've had receivers open all year, and we haven't been able to hit most of them behind Stetson Bennett and Dewan Mathis. And then we got to see Saturday what happens when you hit those gash plays. Uh, just completely obliterates the defense. Like Drew Butler and I said on last week's show, let's not get ahead of ourselves with JT Daniels just yet, you know. MSU is not a good team, nor do they have a good defense. You know, they sold out to stop the run, and credit to them for having success there. You know, the eight yards rushing was due in part on JT's mobility, I think, and how many were in the box each play, especially on rundowns. You know, they had eight or nine guys in the box, and they didn't have to respect Daniels pulling the ball in options. So that allowed them to load the strong side even more. So that's why we had issues, I think, more issues than we, we should have running the ball. Even even in the box stacked like that, a quarterback having you know the option to run on the other side of defense makes you respect that aspect. But you know not with JT and his mobility, and I think that's why they kind of honed it a little more than we've seen lately. I liked how Todd Monken called the game. I think he used JT's strength, you know, his arm took what the defense gave him. But we will definitely have to be able to line up and run when we need to win big games. So we'll have to find a way to establish a run game with JT's limited mobility still. Here's Kirby in response to the balance of the offense. 
Exactly what you just said. Take what they give us. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't want to. You know, I felt a little bit uh, bullheaded the other night, you know, in terms of, I mean, not me because I wasn't calling the plays, but, I mean, as far as trying to run into some of those looks was tough. Um, but, you know, we're committed to, to running the ball because if you don't attempt to run the ball, you'll really have trouble protecting the passer. So the threat of the run keeps guys from pinning their ears back and just rushing the passer. But the goal would be to take advantage of what the opposing team gives us. And if they want to load up and stop the run, then we got to be able to have intermediate and explosive passing game. And if they're going to defend that, then we've got to be able to block people and um, and, and, and get the ball uh, through the the inside up the middle and outside in the run game so I mean, we want to take what they give us I think anybody would tell you that you know it's like the textbook answer I want to take what they give us but what is that that's balance you know that's just being able to do a little bit of both and um, we didn't have that the other night but a lot of that was uh, dictated by the way they played us defensively we really missed Jordan Davis in the middle you know they pushed the pile when they needed to and the rushing touchdowns were surprising to see um, I think that was two of them right so you don't see you don't see that happening to the Kirby Smart defenses. I think the last time that happened was Alabama, what two years ago. And when you play a Mike Leach offense, you could either drop eight and play the pass windows, or you know play up and try to blitz them off their game. And we we chose to drop eight, and MSU was ready for it, passing for 336 yards on 41 attempts though. So it was an average of like six yards per pass. So I wasn't too bad on that. They really moved the ball, especially well in the first half. We could chalk it up to the absence of Richard LeCount in the secondary, but still not a good sign as there were a lot of miscommunications and guys running clear open across the middle. Um, They really gashed the middle of the field. And I think that's why it was those short throws because we were giving it to them. We were playing off a little bit, wanting them to do that. I think MSU came into the game wanting to attack not just the middle, but our, our linebackers running after guys. And I think that's what Florida got us on. I mean, running after tight ends and slot receivers and, and running backs. Um, getting Monty Rice and Channing Tindall and Nicobe Dean on those guys, it creates a mismatch. And I think they did a good job taking advantage of that. But, you know, when we needed it most, that pass rush and Aziz Ojolari really came through with that, you know, huge sack to put them away, which was really awesome to see. That said, you know, it looks like we have a quarterback at least to the end of the season. It's going to be fascinating to see what exactly happens with five-star Brock Vandegrift coming in from Prince Avenue Christian and Dwan Mathis. Will he transfer? He's got a lot of talent, and, I, and I've heard rumors that that's definitely a possibility um, with you know Brock coming in and JT already in the fold, and Stetson should be here still next year as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. Now on to our college football roundup. Just a quick recap of what I liked from this college football weekend. So another week where a bunch of games were impacted by COVID. You know, I think 16 games were either canceled or postponed. So there weren't a large number of big games, but there were some fun ones. I'll run through those now, you know, starting in the SEC, Auburn and Tennessee, a bit closer than I thought it would be. Auburn won 30 to 17 to send Tennessee now to two and five. So they're really struggling. I think with all this COVID stuff and and injuries and opt-outs, I won't see you know Jeremy Pruitt going anywhere, but they definitely have had some issues this year. I think you know Garantano is just he hasn't played to the standard that we thought he was going to play this year. LSU squeaked out one versus Arkansas, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Felipe Franks looked good once again. I, I think he'll go pretty high in the draft. Then we had Florida beating Vandy, thirty-eight seventeen. Sad to see Vandy allow fewer points than we did to the Gators in Jacksonville. That wasn't. I mean, that's always disheartening because Vandy is bad. 
Missouri beat South Carolina 17 to 10. And finally, Alabama wiped Kentucky 63 to 3. After really a slow start from him in the first half, too. I was surprised to see Bama take off so so much in the second half. But I think they're trying to get Mac Jones that Heisman. So they're going to let him throw the ball around the yard as much as he wants. Other notable games were number three, Ohio State, and number nine, Indiana. Fun one to watch. OSU got the win 42-35. to But, you know, Justin Fields and that team, they, they had some struggles against Indiana. I think I like Indiana. I like watching how scrappy they are. And maybe OSU, uh, maybe OSU will drop one in the playoff. I don't know. I was expecting them to get pretty far this year. I think they've got a good team. And I think Justin Fields is really good. But maybe they won't have enough experience or, or you know, game playing experience this year. Uh, just with the eight games of Big Ten. We'll see how that goes. Then in an upset, you know, number 19, Northwestern beat number 10, Wisconsin, 17-7. And an old school looking game. And the last game that got my attention was number seven Cincinnati versus UCF. Cincy is trying to stay undefeated to have a shot at the playoff as a group of five to get in. And they barely escaped UCF 36-35. Really cool one to watch. I really hope Cincinnati makes a run. You know, now that George is probably out of the playoff, it'd be nice to see Cincinnati make a run like that and get in as a group of five. But that's the college football roundup this week. Not too many great games, but I think this week we have a few more big ones, and we'll get into those later in Picks with JC. But now we're going to get into USC Junior, as I call him, South Carolina. So a big storyline for this matchup is Kirby Smart versus Mike Bobo. They were teammates at Georgia, you know, before moving into coaching, both of them. You know, Bobo, of course, spent 14 years working with UGA and their offense before going to Colorado State for a few years. Then he comes back to South Carolina this offseason, and boom, Muschamp gets fired. Now Bobo's the man for Columbia. Bobo and Kirby are good friends, so this should be one of the more graceful Georgia versus USC blowouts. And if you don't know, Carolina is really bad. They're a lot worse than they were last year, and I don't want to hear it because they're a completely different team. And we're, we're a completely different team, I think, especially how we play. It's just schematically different, too. And they have a new offense, so this is not the same team that upset Georgia and Sanford last year. They're 2-5 and five on the season with wins versus Auburn and Vandy. Last week, they lost to Missouri 17-10. to Notable stats. So USC averages 359 yards per game, which is fifth in the SEC, uh, includes 162 rushing yards per game and 196 passing yards per game. Offense scoring 25 points per game. And on defense, they're giving up 450 yards per game, which ranks 11th in the SEC. 277 in the air and 166 on the ground at 34 points per game allowed. Some of the key players, you got senior QB Colin Hill and freshman Luke Dottie. So they've kind of um, experimented with the quarterback position a little bit. I think Collins had has been banged up a few times this year. Luke Dottie got some time and then Luke Dottie came in last week and played more than Colin Hill. And, you know, he's he's a pretty raw passer. Reminds me of Dwan Mathis, but, you know, he can run. So they do have that aspect with him. Israel Mukamu had three picks, including a pick six in USC's upset versus UGA last year. But again, different team. He's opted out of the season, plus another three different guys, I think, for South Carolina's defense after Muschamp left. Sophomore running back Kevin Harris, he had a productive season so far. Three touchdowns, uh, 13 touchdowns, I'm sorry, and is averaging six yards per carry. So that's, I mean, that's the run game. I like Kevin Harris as a big guy. He's hard to bring down. So once he gets moving, he's hard to stop. At receiver, senior Shy Smith leads the team with 54 catches for 600 yards, four touchdowns. And on defense, 
They're led by junior linebacker Ernest Jones, the leading tackler on that unit. Although Carolina's program uh, is in a complete mess with Muschamp gone and key players opted out for the season, they're still they still put up a fight at Missouri, and I think Mike Bobo will have these guys ready to play, especially on offense. You know, we've heard a lot from guests this year, and it's our tenth episode, but we've had you know Keith Marshall, Travis King, Aaron Murray. Arthur Lynch, they all mentioned, you know, Mike Bobo and how important they he was to them and their development as players and men. So I'm really confident Mike Bobo just has that gift to get guys ready to go. I mean, we saw it from Mike Leach last week. They had barely enough players to even show up and play, and they gave Georgia a fight for four quarters, which was pretty impressive. I think that's a sign of good coaching. This Georgia defense has had issues in the passing game with, with you know, with LeCount missing in the back end. And against Mississippi State, gave up two rushing touchdowns, something you really don't see from a Kirby Smart defense. You know, again, you don't see that. So if Jordan Davis you know, goes this week, which he might, Kirby said he might go this week, I think it'll help our rush defense immensely. Um, I expect Bobo to throw some curveballs, get us on our heels in coverage. That said, we will dominate the line of scrimmage. We just have dudes. And if we can stop Harris in that run game, I think we should get back on track defensively for sure. You know, the Georgia offense should have a field day, just like last week. Uh, I think Carolina is missing two, you know, the experienced DBs, as well as a linebacker and a defensive tackle to opt out. So I expect Georgia and JT Daniels to be able to, you know, pass at will. And depending on how many Carolina puts in the box and what looks we get there, hopefully get the run game back in action after the eight yards against Mississippi State. Spread is Georgia minus 19 and a half. Uh, over under is set at 50 and a half. Um, I'll take those points. I think that started at 25. Georgia was minus 25, moved down. A lot of money coming in on Georgia. Um, but I'll take those points and I'll go over at 50. So let's go, let's go 42 to 10, Georgia. I think our offense is going to be on fire and they're already going to be fired up after last week's win. So give me those points. A good week to be a Georgia Bulldog. And now on to our dogs in the NFL. One of my favorite segments is just checking in on these former Bulldogs in the NFL. So week 12 action, Browns running back Nick Chubb in a 22-17 win versus the Eagles. Chubb had 20 attempts for 114 yards with a long of 54, which included one of the meanest stiff arms you'll ever see. Chubb came off that MCL sprain just a couple weeks ago. Now and in two games, he's totaled 240 yards since he's been back. So if he keeps this up, he'll be the best pure runner in the league for sure, in my opinion. You know, you had Zeke Elliott, you've got Dalvin Cook right now for the Vikings. Those are the two pure runners you're thinking. Um, then we have the other style, like balance backs, like Lavon Bell and Alvin Kamara. But Nick Chubb, as far as a pure running back, I don't think there's a better in the league. Then Bengals receiver AJ Green. AJ hasn't been 100% this season, but Sunday he had a good day catching four for 41 yards and a touchdown, their only touchdown versus Washington. You know, this is the same game that Joe Burrow went down in. I hate to see that for him because he was having such an awesome season on a bad team, but now he'll have to bounce back from an ACL and MCL tear. So, you know, let's hope he can get back to form there. Jets linebacker Jordan Jenkins uh, in a 34-28 loss to the Chargers. Jordan recorded nine tackles, a tackle for a loss, a pass defended, and a half sack. That's a mouthful. So good game from Jordan. Colts linebacker Justin Houston 
Justin totaled three tackles, a tackle for a loss, and a sack on Aaron Rodgers in the Colts' overtime win versus the Packers. And speaking of Indianapolis and that OT win, Colts kicker Rodrigo Blankenship, hot rod, respect the specs, brother. I mean, made four of five field goals and hit both extra points in the Colts' OT win. Most importantly, including the game-winning 39-yard field goal to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So really cool to see Hot Rod having such a great NFL career already. He's one of the best kickers in the league so far this season. A couple of game winners. I mean, awesome to watch. And then last on my list, last but not least, J.R. Reed. He didn't have any stats this week, but the Rams' safety got elevated from the practice squad into their Monday night roster, so it was cool to see him making moves and getting some time to join the team for the Rams. And now, finally, before I get into picks with JC, got to talk Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, Hope you have some good food and get to spend some time with your families. So what are the top three Thanksgiving foods for me? Thanksgiving for me, I like like turkey and dressing. I think that has to be number one. Um, It's it's peanut butter and jelly of Thanksgiving. It's like milk and cookies for Christmas. You got to have it. And then... And I might be, I feel like I'm going to forget something really important. I feel like there's going to be a food that I'm just not thinking of that I'll miss and just remember later like, oh, should have said that on the podcast. But green beans and mac and cheese, my mom makes some great green beans and homemade mac and cheese. So for me, it's like those go together for some reason. It may sound weird to some people, but I think it's a staple in Thanksgiving, especially in Christmas for us too. So really some good eats on the way, at least for me. So I hope y'all get some too. And if you don't, Taco Bell serves Thanksgiving. I mean, they're not Thanksgiving, it's just tacos, but Taco Bell serves on Thanksgiving. Cracker Barrel actually has a decent Thanksgiving too. If you know what that is, hit up Cracker Barrel. But now, picks with JC, and then I'll get out of here. Let's do this. So, I mean, this is your first, if this is your first listen, I've been picking five games each week against the spread to show really that no one knows what they're talking about. I mean, I was 7-13 going into last week, and now after a swell round of picks last week, I'm sitting at 10-15 and 15 on the year. So I went 3-2 and two on the week. My only losses were Oklahoma State versus OSU, where I picked OK State, and they ended up actually looking horrible. And then, can you believe it? I picked K-State to upset Iowa State, and they got shut out 45 to nothing. So not only did I lose, I lost big on those two. But anyways, I did win three, so that is one more win than ESPN's Chris Felicia, the Bear, on College Game Day. So I have that going for me. This week's picks are number 15, Iowa State, at number 20, Texas. Texas is minus two. I am taking Iowa State, coming off a dominant win versus K-State there. Um... Number two, Notre Dame at number 25, UNC. So ND is minus five and a half. Uh, I think Ian Book is good and UNC's defense is horrendous. So for the first time this year, give me Notre Dame. Number 22, Auburn at number one, Alabama. Bama is minus 24. The tide all rolling right now. So I will take Saban at home there. Vanderbilt at Missouri. Vandy is minus one. So Vandy is 0-7 on the year and are favored against 3-3 Mizzou at home. I'm taking Vandy here purely because I want to see them win. And then the last pick, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is minus 9.5. Lane Kiffin is that offense looking great 
already in Oxford. So give me Ole Miss to cover that big. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening, y'all. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Let me know what you think about the show and these Bulldogs at J underscore Shelton underscore on Twitter. Until next week, y'all stay safe. Enjoy your Thanksgivings. Go dogs. Tyler Simmons was on sides. <laughs>